need you to know something, man. You don't need a church service to experience a miracle. Do you know that you can go and I, I take my trash to a place over on Mock Road. You can go to the dump is what we call it. And you can experience the presence of God there. You don't need to get all dressed up in your Sunday best and come to this very cold room to experience the Lord. I'm going to tell you, I am praying. I prayed for my own miracle over there, and I'm as serious as I can be. This is not a joke. I have no jokes in my script this morning. I have none. I'm praying for a miracle this morning in this place for the power of God to be on display. That you leave this place transformed than when you came in. That you leave this place not afraid anymore. And so I need a miracle in this place this morning. Because I remember back, oh, probably close to a year ago, at Ledford High School, standing there in the cafeteria, debating on sharing what the Lord had just shared with me. I debated. I was back and forth behind our little screen that we had there. I debated, God, I don't want to say this. God, I don't want to present this to the people. God, I don't want to go out there and say what I just heard you say. But I'm just trying to get in the habit of being obedient, and so I did. And can I tell you, I have the exact same feeling in this place this morning where I am nervous. I'm almost scared to share with you what I feel God has laid on my heart this morning. But I'm just trying to get in the habit of being obedient. And so I have intercessors who are literally praying this very second. I've had people praying throughout this week because I know what I'm getting ready to reveal to you, what I'm getting ready to share may be um, a very, well, it may just be a very difficult thing. You will not see it as truth, but I say it may be a very difficult truth for you to want to grasp a hold of. And so here we go. You ready? There's a picture that's going to show up on the screen, and, and I actually took this very picture with my own camera, my own iPhone camera. I told you, and you guys, many of you know, that we were in Israel um, a couple of weeks ago, and I was standing, where this picture was taken, I was standing on a place called the Mount of Olives. And it is actually the place, and if you are a biblical scholar, you already know this, it is the place where Jesus ascended into heaven. You remember the story there in Acts, early on in Acts chapter 1, where the disciples were standing, gazing, looking up as Jesus went up to heaven? You know that story? That's in the Bible. Okay, good. I'm standing in the place where Jesus ascended. But what's awesome about this place, the Mount of Olives, that is the exact place where Jesus Christ is going to return to this earth. And we were standing there. And it is an amazing view, as you can see, with my simple little camera phone. I took a picture of what I believe is one of the most breathtaking sights in all of Jerusalem. It's amazing. I mean, it is something that is very difficult to even put into words to describe to you how powerful of a place this is. I know there were some of our friends that were on this trip with us. I could see them as I was simply teaching. I was almost overwhelmed and could not even speak by the presence of God in this place. Some of our friends that were on this trip, they had moments up there on the Mount of Olives. 
And I could see just tears coming down their eyes. But I want to just tell you, as good as my camera skills are, as amazing as this picture is, and as eloquent as I possibly could tell you how amazing this very place that we call the Mount of Olives is, there is no chance in this lifetime that I could describe to you the magnitude of encountering this place for yourself. Like, unless you experience this place, you will never be able to capture the power that is in this place. And you say, well, Scott, are you trying to sell trips and tickets to your next Israel trip? Absolutely not. What I'm trying to do is lay the groundwork that most of you have been living your Christian life off of other people's encounters and experiences with Jesus Christ. You've been trying to live this relationship with Jesus under the influence of Jesus off of someone else's experience. And you have wondered why. Why don't I see things like he sees them? Why don't I experience the miracles like that young lady experienced? It's simply because of this. You, even though a Christ follower, yes, sealed by the blood of Jesus Christ, Christian, you have never personally had an encounter with the power and the presence of God that we know him by name as Holy Spirit. And see, if you take notes in this place, if you want to remember something when you leave out of this place, it's this. You have to have an encounter with God. Please don't throw the rocks yet. Beyond your salvation moment. Oh God, I didn't know if I'd get any amens on that one. You must have an encounter with God beyond your salvation experience. You have to have a personal encounter with God. You have to have an encounter, an experience that is all your own. Much like Jamie, as she just shared the story, that was a personal encounter that she and only she can experience. Don't you dare go get fueled off of her story. Don't you dare go and live the rest of your Christian life off of my story or her story or your grandparents' encounter. You have to have your own personal encounter. And you see, that's what our responsibility is here at this place, is to set the stage, not here just on Sunday morning, but to set an environment where you can come and encounter the power and the person and the presence of God Almighty. That's our responsibility. 
And that's why God's continuing to say, we've got to set more environments. I want to tell you, I don't have time this morning. Monday night last week was amazing. It blew my mind. And what I've heard of stories after stories of unbelievable encounters that people opened up the word of God and they saw it like they'd never seen it before. In the word of God, not a preacher, not a classroom session, but an encounter with the word of God changed this boy's life, this young man's life. And you're going to hear about it. You got to have an encounter with a person that we call Holy Spirit. But I believe that there's so many Christians today that they're just living satisfied knowing that they're sealed because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And I just want to say this, with all due respect, you know, you can say anything right after you say with all due respect, right? I didn't think it was going to be anybody that funny. That's, that was good, that's good. Lighten it up a little bit. Thank you, Jesus. With all due respect, we, 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 we Christians, me being one of them, we're, we're missing out on so much. We're just, we're missing out on so much because we're satisfied knowing we're sealed because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. We're satisfied with that. But with all due respect, I don't want to have to wait till I die to experience heaven. I just don't. What if I could experience heaven today because of what Jesus Christ did for me on the cross and for the fact that he returned home and sent his Holy Spirit. What if I, what if we could experience heaven here on this earth? You see, because I believe the gospel tells us that we can. I believe the gospel tells us that we can experience heaven here this very second on this earth. And so all I'm wanting to do for the next few minutes and then beyond is just simply allow you to encounter him. Because we've been telling you all wrong that it is an encounter, just encounter a church. Just encounter a good group of Christians. Just encounter a powerful message. And I'm going to say that is all what's been causing the problem. It's actually been causing the cover-up. All I'm going to say is simply encounter the Holy Spirit of God. And you will start to sense heaven right before your very eyes. You must have a personal encounter with him. That may be one right now. That's awesome. That's how good our God is. I'm going to trust that you're going to go home and read some of this because we're not going to be able to hit all this this morning. Maybe by the third service we'll have wrapped it up. I don't know. I'll probably cover some of this tomorrow night in our class. I know that we're going to talk probably the third service this evening, celebrating baptisms, the different kinds of baptisms. But for this morning, I just want to just throw this question out, probably for the next 20 minutes. Is that okay? Go ahead and look at your clock. That means you're going to be done here probably at about 1010. I like even numbers lining up like that. So we're going to land the plane at 1010. I've told the guy on the, um, the keyboards to come out at 10 o'clock. 
That's how structured we got this thing. No, it's just real. Here we go. I'm going to ask a question. And I want you to answer it in your brain. It's like my little child, my Lincoln says, Daddy, I prayed in my brain. I want you to answer this question in your brain. I mean, every one of you answer this question in your brain. How far down the list, if you were making a list, how far down the list would you have to go to find the answer power when you are defining your life? How far down the list would you find the word power when defining your life? I can take it a step further, but for time's sake this morning, I'm not going to go in this direction. But how far down the list would you find the word power to answering the question that it defines your marriage or it defines your workspace or it defines your attitude or it defines you name it? But I'm not going there. I'm just going to stick with your life. How far down the list do you have to go on the sheet of paper? Is it on the first page? Did it even make the list? Because what the gospel message tells us is that every believer in Jesus Christ has the opportunity to have at the top of his or her list the word power. This sounds like a prosperity message. Let me just go straight to the word. Is that okay? I feel that that's always safe. Let's go to Acts chapter 1. Let's look at this. Acts chapter 1. i wait till you get there. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And I'm just going to read verse 4, and this is Jesus talking. He says, on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift. Pastor Bradley preached an amazing message several weeks back on that very statement. But wait for the gift my father promised. Now, these were Christians. These were followers of Jesus. Church, listen, we've got to understand this. It is not a stopping point when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. That's why we are in the state we're in, church, because most of us are satisfied with knowing that in about 45 years, I'm going to heaven. Listen, I I, I, I love talking about this. I don't want to wait 45 more years to experience heaven. I want to wait 45 more seconds and start living heaven here on this earth. I'm going to tell you something. This small group of people right here, we can go change this community. We don't need a second or a third. We don't need to grow by any. We have the power to go change this community. If we'll understand what this is talking about. Most of us are satisfied that we are saved and we're not going to hell. How about this? How about if we're saved and we know that heaven has come here? He said, wait for my gift. My father promised. Listen, this was not happened yet. This promise had not been fulfilled yet. But can I tell you in the year 2016, this promise has been fulfilled. We don't have to wait anymore. I'm going to just stand over here and just talk about it. We got so many people who pray, but we use prayer as an excuse. We use prayer as an excuse because we're afraid. We are terrified of what God may tell us to do next. 
And so we say, well, I'm just going to pray about it, hiding behind the cover of fear. And Satan and all of his enemies love it when a Christ follower says in fear, I'm just going to pray about it. How about this? How about this? How about you start moving and you go and you walk through doors and not afraid of it being a wrong door that you walk through? Can I just tell you something? God's not looking at your performance. He's not looking at how well you walk through doors. Listen, if you walk through a door that you are not supposed to walk through, he loves you so much as a son or a daughter, he will gladly bring you back on course and say, no, that wasn't the door that I wanted you to walk through, child. I could fill up months and months of a series and just talking about the wrong doors that I've been walking through. But he didn't turn me into a pillar of salt. He didn't kill me. I believe actually this is what happens. When he sees one of his sons or daughters being very, trying to be obedient, walking through a wrong door, I'd be like, man, that is a great try. That is a, look at my son going the wrong way. At least he's moving. I think sometimes God's just saying, son, just go. Just go in any direction. I'm going to bless it. Whatever direction you go, I'm going to bless it. Just go. How dare we use prayer as a shield for fear? I'm going to skip down to verse 8. This is why I told him to wait. Because in verse 8 he says, but you will receive what? How far down that list did you have to go to define your life with that word? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Listen, I understand that for many in this room, you've got this, you understand this. You've been there, you've done that. But there's a few of us in this room that we have never lived our life with this truth as a reality. We've never had this become a reality for our life. We have Jesus Christ as our Savior, as a reality. We can't wait to go to heaven, but we do not have the reality of a Holy Spirit. He just used a gift coming down to us to invade our life, to control our minds, to control the way we speak, to control the way we act, to control Every ounce of our life, that's not a reality, church. Because if it is, revival would have already changed this community and we would be going to the next. We would have miracles defining everyday life. We would have Christ followers operating under the gift set of the Holy Spirit That's more Monday class that we're going to be talking and diving into that. This morning, I just don't have time to go into that level of your very specific gifting that the Holy Spirit has promised everyone who believes in Jesus Christ. Not just a bunch of preachers, not just a bunch of missionaries who go to Africa, not just a bunch of 85-year-old Christians who've been doing this all their life. No, what if? Our young children understood their gift set in the Holy Spirit. These little kids would surpass mom and dad like it was nobody's business. 
Here's what I've been afraid to say. The natural progress of the Christian life, and it's going to be on the screen. And listen, we can talk about it all you want. But it's going to take months and some time. But the natural, the natural progress of the Christian life is not to sit back and thank Jesus for your salvation, although that is a part of it. But the natural progression of the Christian life is to desire more. And I can use word, I can interchange the word more for Holy Spirit this morning. The natural progression of the Christian life is to desire Holy Spirit. You see, I also believe that the Christian life should be defined by power. Power. He said it. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. And this is not a beat down. This is not, this is just an enlightening dead on. Look at that, 10 o'clock. Look at that. I want everybody to turn around and look at that clock. Somebody look at that. That's how good we are. Here's what I, I want this for you. I cannot make it happen for you. I cannot make you want this. All I can do is set the table so that you have an opportunity to come and eat. I want your life to be defined by power. I want you to walk around knowing that you are under the influence of power. And listen, don't think, oh, what if we get arrogant? No, you see, when it comes from the Holy Spirit, it will not be in the form of arrogance. He said, you will receive power. How many of you just, listen, we don't, we're not coming forward. We're not showing hands. But what the Lord told me is, Scott, create some space here this morning for me, not me, for Holy Spirit, me, to do my work. You see, what I want, because once you encounter the power of the Holy Spirit, is your life isn't defined by struggle. Your life isn't defined by like suffering. But man, what I want for you, I want your life to be defined by the supernatural. And I know that word scares some people. Can I tell you, as I've been away and as I had heard and I have been a quiet and I've, I've done the things that I'm supposed to do, God is always holding up his end of the bargain. This is what he's revealed to me. So I want your life to be defined by the supernatural. And if that scares some of us away, then that, listen, that's Okay.
I am ready because I am prayed up and prayed over. I am ready for ridicule. I am okay with that. But I know that I'm only going to receive the ridicule from people who are wanting man's theology. And what I want for you is nothing man-made. It is supernatural. And so I'm ready because I know what happens after Acts chapter 1 verse 8 when they receive power. Guys, listen. Things do not go up and to the right for their life. But I want to live a life. And I want for this community to live a life that is driven not by the hype of man. I want you to live by encounters with our holy God through the Holy Spirit. I want you to live a life, every single one of you, that is defined by power. Here's the beautiful thing, two things real quick is when you're under the influence of Holy Spirit, you'll find out quickly that man, powered by the flesh, listen, has nothing to offer you. There will be some beautiful relationships of other Holy Spirit-filled people, but you'll find out that the flesh is no longer satisfactory to you. And then the second thing is you're going to find out once you've encountered the Holy Spirit, and I don't even know how to put it into words, much like my picture, you're never going to be satisfied with anything less than heaven on this earth. 